0: This is Reverend Chuck Blair. Welcome to our weekly podcast on New Church Live. Uh, it, it is looking at grit, and, and again, I, I want to come back. We're trying to find ways to re- discover and, and talk about what resilience looks like from a spiritual perspective, as well as to look at, and, and listen to this, folks. Can we discover a love in a faith that is beyond life circumstances. Now, now again, I, I realize that, that that's, that's, for some people that's, that's hard, it's hard to even imagine there's such a thing because life circumstances can be so hard. And what I do wanna say is that we all have it in us. Uh, many of you know this joke, but we have so many first time attendees, I wanna say it again because it makes me giggle every time I say it. What was the largest island in the world before the discovery of Australia? Anybody know? Australia. It takes you a second, right? You know, it, like, like, it's there. It's there. Somebody just got it. It's, it's there. Now, do we see it or not is the question. But I really, really believe in my heart, in my bones, that there is a love and a faith that is beyond our life circumstances. And New Church, we put love and faith together. You can't separate the two. You know, we believe faith is the eye of love. So how does, how does then how does grit move? How does it, how does it move forward? And, and, and today I want to come at it from, a, from, a, from an angle we didn't cover last week. But it's, it's an idea that, that we're, we all face kind of climbing two mountains. Two big, beautiful mountains. And it's not that one mountain is bad and the other one is good. It's just there's kind of two phases I want to talk first about that first mountain. Now, that, that first mountain, again, it's really important. And this is what it's characterized by. It's characterized by a number of different characteristics that are so important. It's, it's a time where we seek comfort. We want to be comfortable. It's a chosen journey around Achievement. It's marked by victories. I mean, I can still remember having a trophy case. I don't have that trophy case anymore. Thank you. (laughs) It's a place where we pursue freedom or individualism as an end in itself. That's a really good thing. That freedom, that individualism, that I that that we need to have that becomes a basis for a much greater we. And it's a place, and I say this very tongue-in-cheek, where hope is largely limited to self-pampering. And what I mean by that is that, that so much of the achievements you know that, that I can remember wanting in my twenties dealt with how do I buy a new car you know it wasn't bigger things, it wasn't wider things it was it was sort of what, what would make my life more comfortable what would give me a sense of achievement and, and I want to say again, folks like, like that comfort those victories, that freedom nothing wrong with that We, we learned so much on that journey and, and and people, I think, struggle who aren't willing to take that journey, who aren't willing to, to, to strive for things. It's an important part of our lives. We meet wonderful people on that journey. I mean, I think about my, my career journey from, believe it or not, being an electrician to being a public school teacher to being a private school teacher to being an administrator and, and now on to New Church Live as well as working down at the shore, all kinds of crazy jobs. But, but those parts were all part of our experience, right? And, and we could all share that. All these little steps that were part of that, of that first mountain. And they were good. They were very good steps, very important steps. And yet, we want to move towards a second mountain. A second mountain. Now, I, I want to say with, with this second mountain, the way we get there is kind of one of two ways. I'm going to hop back and forth to two carpets here. One way is is we can get to that first mountain and, and be really successful at it. Do it really well. And then what can change us is a greater love. Life goes well for some people. And then all of a sudden we can think, well, is this it? Are there other things? Are there ways that I can move forward in life to a second mountain because I've got it and I thought I would finally be happy When I had this, this, and this. I remember being sure once I got my first job up in the Poconos, I never needed another job. That's the first mountain. And can a greater love call us to something else? Now the other one, I'm gonna hop way over here. The other one that we can that can get us off of that first mountain is the bubble can pop. All of a sudden, we're, we're faced with something, something we didn't expect, some, some interruption in our life. Oftentimes, these interruptions are incredibly, painfully, breathtakingly hard. And all of a sudden, that first mountain, just, it just doesn't work. It, 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 it Actually, folks, maybe this is the language that's even better. It can't work anymore. It just can't. So we have to shift back to this second mountain. And the second mountain has a lot of beautiful parts to it. Here are some of the characteristics of the second mountain. It's a place that accepts adversity. What happens also, it's an often not chosen. So first mountain, we're doing a lot of choosing. Second mountain, we're often not. Not all the time, but often not. And often not chosen, yet life-defining journey. It's oftentimes, as I said over here, precipitated by loss. It's a time as well, and this is important, marked by connectedness. That's the whole theme of this grit series. It's a place where freedom and individualism give give ways to commitments to the common good. It's where hope is expanded. Now here, I was trying to think of something really bright to say, and I couldn't. So if in the middle of the service I blurred out, I got it, the second mountain of hope looks like this. You'll hear it. But I don't, it's, it just, it's, it's just a different feel of hope on that second mountain. It's, it's not a hope that's an objective thing anymore. It's just, it's a hope. And I, I, I know it kind of, I know when Leanna sang that song that it's a beautiful song. I kind of know that, like, oh yeah, that hope kind of feels like that, but I don't have great words for it. If any of you do, you can share them with me after service. Because there's a beautiful shift that occurs. Again, it's it's a time where we get to see adversity, a time where we get to sense our connectedness to one another. Notice what I said there. I mean this. It's a time where we sense our connectedness to one another. And it's a time where we start to see those committed to that connectedness. I did a wedding yesterday, beautiful, fun, blast of a wedding. And that idea of, of like how even love shifts, and this is a little bit an aside. Sometimes when I'm going to New Jersey, it's, it's important to take a detour to Ohio. This is one of those Ohio detours, but I think it's important. Imagine we work at loving people because we see their commitment. And I guarantee their commitment in some way, shape, or form lapses right over into commitment to connectedness. A little different view of love. That's not a romanticized love. That's loving what is true north in other people. Now, with these mountains, the Bible is filled with beautiful imagery of mountains. Beautiful, beautiful imagery. Especially a lot in the Psalms. Now the Psalms are, are a beautiful part. If you ever wonder where they are in the Bible, just open your Bible right to the middle, and you got them. And the Psalms are just a series of poems, and they're a series of poems, and it's 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 really raw human emotion. It's not neatly tied together pieces of theology. It's it's people who are grieving, who are struggling. Who who are having a, a challenging time, and it's it's them one moment blessing God, the next moment cursing God. It's it's got it all in there. That's why, as I've said, you know, last week, a, a, a Christian tradition is when when you hit a really hard time, is to literally pray the Psalms. So you go through and you you read each one and you, and you say it prayerfully because it's so true to what the human experience is. So I want to share a Psalm with you. And then I want to talk about it briefly and then set the context about what all this means. This is Psalm 46. God is our refuge and strength an ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea. Though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging, there is a river, There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy place where the Most High dwells. God is within her. She will not fall. God will help her at break of day. Nations are in uproar. Kingdoms fall. He lifts his voice. He lifts his voice, and the earth melts. Beautiful, poetic imagery in there. I love this this part of the quote. I think it just really rings true. God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not not fear that the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea. Though the waters roar and foam and the earth quakes. That idea of God's like, like staying with us. And when we hit these challenging times, when we hit this transition between the first mountain and the second, for many people, the temptation always is to, well, I just want to go back to what was. For those of you who've been through a hard time, is it po- possible to go back to the life you previously had? No. no, it won't work. And yet, we may not have a vision for what that second mountain looks like yet. So we're stuck in this valley, and it's, and it's a hard place to be. And Dillard has a beautiful way of phrasing that, a beautiful way of capturing what, what happens in that in that between part of life, which I think is actually one of the hardest parts to be. Here's what she had to say. If you ride these monsters deeper down, if you drop with them further over the world's rim, and think about coming down off of that first mountain, you find what the sciences cannot name or locate, the substrate, the ocean, the matrix, the ether, that buoys the rest which gives goodness its power for good and evil its power for evil, the unified field. This next line's really good. I know we had a bunch of first-time people here. Feel free to bust out your phone and take a picture because I think this is picture-worthy. Complex and inexplicable caring for each other Our complex and inexplicable caring for each other. Incredibly beautiful there. Now, as the band comes out, As the band comes out, I want us thinking about, like, yeah, where are you on that journey? Where are you with the first mountain and the second mountain? Are you on the first? Are you on the second? Are you somewhere in between? Do you have different parts of your life that are in different areas? And think as well about what you've witnessed. What you've witnessed in terms of a place where we are allowing the face of the other to change us. Where we're understanding. Folks, this is such a miracle to me, where we're understanding that, we're trying to understand that inexplicable connectedness that we are to each other, because I believe that's the very formation and bedrock of grit, and that is what moves us forward from one mountain into the next. So, you know, it was, it was. I got some great text messages, you know, coming in and, and some people wanted to offer some thoughts on what that Second Mountain Hope is and I want to share them. Hope expanded to a realization that everything's going to be fine. From Virginia, a hope that motivates us to continue, a hope that motivates us to continue the journey, not so that we can complete it but I hope that explains that the journey itself is good. Where do people come up with this stuff? This is, this is good. Hope that comes from witnessing love and action. That's second mountain, hope. And that's what I wanna do now is we're gonna shift gears and I wanna give you a chance to kind of to hear a story of hope, a, a story of challenge and a story of hope combined together and it's the story of Bruce and Sally Jo Lamont. Please welcome them warmly to New Church Live. So what in the background of this was, was, again, friends of Ray, who's our music director, and, and uh, Ray had shared with me their story, and it's, and it's quite, an amazing, quite an amazing story. It's the house, the first picture of a beautiful dream house built over in Skipback, and what happened on Thanksgiving. So the first thing I'm going to do is just let you two introduce yourselves, and then we're going to hear the Thanksgiving story.
1: Hi, I'm Bruce Lamont. Uh, this is our favorite holiday. It's being thankful for being giving, being able to give, and hopefully we can tell a little bit about the story that came back to help us. Great. Right.
2: And I'm Sally Joe wife.
1: <laughs> yeah, and Sally Joe's deal was that she would be up here, but I could
0: not ask her any questions unless she raises her hand. So we're, so, so we're, we're good. We're, safe. we're good. You're safe. You safe. definitely see the light. Yeah, you definitely see the light here. Yes, you do. So so Bruce, share with us a bit about this story, how, how this story and what happened to, to that house.
1: Well, for 35 years, we've taken over the tradition that Thanksgiving is our favorite holiday. It's about bringing those together, some people that don't have a place to go. Um, we have probably have between usually 35 to 50 people at a formal sit-down dinner that takes about six hours, broken up by tournaments and foosball and <laughs> cornhole and, most importantly, the apple pie bake-off contest. So uh, it's about love, and um, what was unique about this Thanksgiving was that we had just put our house up on the market. This was going to be the last Thanksgiving in this house. Two weeks before. Sally Joe, the boss here, spent eight months getting the house ready. So we made a toast at Thanksgiving saying, most likely this will be the last Thanksgiving that we'll have in this house. Little did we know, <laughs> six hours later, that was uh, from my lips to God's ears as they right, said. Right, 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 right. Um, so this is the house um, that uh, basically really changed our lives in a sense that it was just a vehicle for so many other good things. And this is what happened that
0: Thanksgiving, folks. And you talked about, you know, there was a miracle that happened, many miracles that happened. And again, I was just thinking so much uh, so, you know, we have lots of people here in the congregation who've gone through all kinds of things, where the bubbles popped, where life was one thing, one moment, and a totally different life the next. And the eyes to see the miracles that are there. And maybe you could start to share with us the miracles from that specific day. And then I'd love to hear about some of the other miracles as well that the two of you got to witness and see.
1: So for us... It was the miracle for us was, as I said, Thanksgiving is more of an olympics the The dinner is really inconsequential. it lasts over five days, and having thirty eight people uh, sitting down at that table at the same time in the same room where a fire was burning for several hours, which we didn't know, coming through at that moment and getting everybody out to us, everything after that was inconsequential that there was something, uh, divine intervention or whatever to have us all together to have that dynamic, which was just really incredible for us. Yeah. And what did you, what did you see,
0: you know, you mentioned sort of standing outside the two of you standing outside the fire and what was the, what was, what did you see there? What was the experience there that was so moving to you? Did you want
1: to see?
2: Well, we were freezing because we didn't have any (laughs) coats and if you all recall, Thanksgiving in Pennsylvania at that time was very, very cold. And we live in a neighborhood of about 23 homes, and I think every single neighbor came out to give us coats, hats, gloves. Um, No one could leave because the fire hoses were in the road, and so everyone had to stay and stick around for several hours. And I I think it was just uh, quite frankly terrifying to watch the house burn and how fast. If you've never seen a fire, it is so fast. Um, And I think the other one thing that we need to mention is um, my cousin was in from Florida, and he has an autistic son, and we couldn't find him for about five minutes. That was, you know, it's all about health and and family, and uh, I think that was the most terrifying moment. Yeah,
0: yeah. And, Jack, could I I ask you a
2: question? Was there there somebody in
0: particular who you, like a neighbor whose name you'd like to say, who's like, and they showed up, and this was kind of the picture for me of what
2: well, was interesting. That so we went to um, our dear friends, the Whites' house, and I get there, and the brother answers the door, and uh, I said, "Where are they?" They said, "Oh, they went to that house that has those big Thanksgivings." <laughs> they had no idea that this was happening. They had just decided to go stop in and say hello. Yeah. So they were on their way to our house, and I was beginning to bring people to their house, and they housed us for many hours. Oh, that's great. So for me, being on that front lawn and
1: being on the other side of the equation of always giving, and we love to give, suddenly we're on the front lawn and i there for a couple hours watching the house. And suddenly, as Pastor Chuck has said, the bubble burst, that we were suddenly in a new territory. And hearing myself saying, this doesn't happen to us. We're usually the ones in control. How can this be? So that was the first thought. The second thought, looking out, was there was 60 or so firemen running around. And it hit me that we had taken them from their Thanksgiving to help us. And it just dawned on us, it's not what you do or what job you have, it's how you give. And that's the way we really judge people when you truly give of yourself. And that stuck with me. And the third thing was that seeing this fire and realizing that if we sold that house to someone, that would have happened to them, and we couldn't have borne that. So in a way, we were relieved in a strange, perverted way that it happened to us. So those were the three major things, and things just took off from there, because I asked Sally, who I always judge her counsel, I said, what should we talk about? And she said, it's really not about us, it's about giving. So that's really, those were the three things. I don't want to say
0: Great. You can just hold the mic there. So getting on to the fourth thing, beautiful picture here. Tell us about that, that picture.
1: Well, we had a bus come from Marriott take us to a hotel. We get to the hotel. The next, we, in family tradition, we always walk through the woods, the whole family. And the next day we did that and we talked about, it's just a house. It's not that important. And we came back to the hotel, and there was a candlelight dinner, and um, Stick <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just the whole neighborhood came together, and kindness and goodness, I got a new wardrobe from Costco, <laughs> and I was quite grateful for that. And um, and in the midst of all this, uh, there was all these seven or eight-year-olds running around the hotel and screaming, having a great time, because it was a hockey tournament. And that was a relief to us because it was seeing that life is, does go on. It's not about being the victim. It's life goes on. And that Sunday, a couple days after we sort of went through forensics and all that with the fire department, a guy comes up to me and he says, we felt so bad about your mm-hmm. loss that we, the hockey team passed around a hat and we collected $312.50. Mm-hmm. cents." Mm-hmm. And he started to cry. And I'm pretty stoic with this whole thing, and I'm starting to lose it. And I think it was the 50 cents that really got me. And I said, you have to give this to my wife. I said, I just, anyway. Yeah. So it was about kindness. And what we realized, they did win the championship that weekend. But we spent the next two weeks weaving our way through Dick's Sporting Goods, getting to the right people in northern New Jersey. And they and I wrote a letter we wrote a letter about kindness, and it wasn 't about a loss or whatever it 's about stepping up as a community for kindness, and that dicks re, uh, responded by giving them, I believe several thousand dollars worth of equipment for coupons. Um, so they didn 't know where it came from. I hope maybe they will now, but um. anyway um, <laughs> so that was the first thing. Sarcube. yeah,
0: yeah. And, I just, and I just want to say you can do a lot with 50 cents at Costco so let's not belittle <laughs> like, the, the 50 cents
1: I don't know anybody that's gotten through Costco for 50 cents <laughs> well played so um, then we thought about all the firemen and we thought this: how do we pay back everybody that we took from their house so, and
0: you'll see a picture of that right here Yeah.
1: so we met with the fire chief and we said look we'd like to do a 10 course meal exactly as we did for our house your people and I said what would you like to accomplish and he said nobody's ever done that for us in mm-hmm. 33 years which was really sad and um, I said he said what we'd like to accomplish is all those volunteers to realize that they're part of a community and that's what started another cascade that the whole community started to hear about this and we had friends and family and vendors like a, Ta- a Collegeville Italian bakery and Jim and Ralph's <laughs> produce and Wegmans and whatever it was, every time we went to pick up the food and pay for it, they said, we heard what's going on. We want to donate, Mm. which then started a typhoon of tears from my wife every time. And um, it was just the the generosity of everybody. So it was a wonderful dinner. And um, we uh, basically um, told them that without them being volunteers, we would have no community. And how grateful we were. And the fire chief said, you know, this is the first meeting I've ever had where everybody was early. So so that really resonated as well. Yeah. And then finally, the last thing is, is that we just getting Christmas trees and people saying we heard about blah, 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 all this stuff, and just constant uh, kindness. And really what it was for us is that we're in an age now, we have so much divisiveness. We have so much separation of red versus blue, right versus left, all this political stuff. What surprised us through this whole thing was that all evaporated. There's a goodness and kindness in this country Mm -hmm. that you sometimes need an event like this for all of that to dissipate and for all that goodness and kindness, which is the fabric of our country, comes to the surface. So suddenly, as was spoken... I guess your first part of grit, it's very hard to suddenly be transitioned from a provider and a giver to a taker. So in a sense, it made us realize that we're all in our own bubble, and when that bubble dissolves, we realize that if you have family, friends, the community, and your faith, nothing's difficult. It's a transition point. As as Pastor Chuck says, it now gives you the strength to get to that second mountain, and it's not that difficult. So for us, it wasn't a loss. It was a vehicle that allowed us to see beyond our bubble um. that we also contributed to the problem. So Sally, is there anything?
2: I just want to say um, he, he keeps asking me where are we going to go? Like where should we retire at some point? And I said, well, you know, I really love Pennsylvania, and the reason I'm saying that is because I just don't think I knew the community mm-hmm. I had, mm-hmm. until this happened. And every day was a surprise. Mm-hmm. And it was, it, it, it took me, it really took my breath away yeah. with the goodness of people. Yeah, yeah, well, thank you. Well, yeah. yeah. Thank
0: you. Thank you. So I just want to thank them again for that story. And and just, it's just so poignant. And so beautiful. So three hundred twelve dollars fifty cents never sounded so beautiful to me either. And just thank you, folks, on behalf of New Church Live and our online congregation, for sharing your story with us. Thank you again. Thank you. What a what a deeply beautiful story. And you know it's. Folks, that line again, that, that, that beautiful line about how the face of the other changes us. What, what Andy Dillard had said about the, the inexplicable, like it's inexplicable, the caring that can happen. And, and it, it's, it's, it's not that it's the exception, it's Australia. It's what is. It's what's there. How many of us have experienced it? Many. Do we have eyes to see it? Do we have the eyes to reach out and and do things about it? And I I think we do. It reminds me of this beautiful line, this beautiful piece from New Church Theology. Whatever we do for others, I'm going to have you say the second F word there. Whatever we do for others, we do from God. Whatever we do for others, we do from God. That's that's God's whole practice. It's God's entire practice. And and what it is, folks, is that it's this practice of encounter. It's this practice of encounter. Don't divide the practice of faith from the practice of encounter. We We can't pull the two apart. Like our life of faith is embedded in this practice of encounter, one with another. It takes work to do that. Because I feel like we're all so called to our own little bubble, and especially in a media age, I could go off on Facebook here, I won't. But, you know, where we're called to be in that, our own little bubble, and and, and events like this just just pull us so far outside and and help us to feel the humanity that, that is shared, help us to feel God's love that is shared throughout our lives. And what happens, I think, in these moments is we stand in this place, We stand in a place where now we're standing between the two mountains. And we're looking up and we're no longer seeing that that second mountain has some kind of obstacle. But we're seeing it as opportunity. Maybe even looking up and looking at it and seeing it and saying, oh, that's actually what life is. That is actually what matters. That is what is actually real. It's not a dream. It's not a dream. It's a reality. When we can take the steps that we need to take to go to that second mountain, I think we find God there because we have found, listen carefully, because we find each other there. We found God there because we found each other there. I want to close with these beautiful words from Psalm 125. Those who trust in the Lord are like Mount Zion, which cannot be shaken, but endures forever. As the mountains surround Jerusalem, so the Lord surrounds his people, both now and evermore. And that is, all people friends. Amen. Please join me now in a final prayer. We're going to share a final prayer, then you'll have an opportunity to to have a moment of quiet meditation, a a moment to to share the Lord's Prayer quietly as you know it, or a moment just of simple self-reflection. So please join me in a final prayer. So Lord, thank you for your presence here today. Thank you for this wonderful story that we've been able to share. And Lord, remind us, remind us that though the rivers may flow fast and in challenging ways, they can never overcome for this simple reason, Lord, because we are held, because we, all of us, are yours Help us, Lord, to find that second mountain. Help us to take that step into that second mountain. Help us to find you there. And to find others there. And in doing those two things, to find ourselves there. That angel part of us, our souls, that deepest and truest part that we celebrate here today. Thank you for your presence here among us today, Lord. Be with us as we move forward into the week. Give us the energy and the inspiration to do our own bit to reach out. Family, faith, community. Allow us to live into those. And again, finding you and finding others on that journey. Bless this amazing congregation. Be with us in joy and laughter and tears and sorrow and compassion and service this week, in which we will pray in your name. Amen.